Good afternoon, everyone. It is April 1st, 2022, and we're here for our weekly uh, broadcast from the Missouri Funeral Directors and the Bombers Association in Jefferson City. And we've got the Capitol again behind us because this was Funeral Director Week over at the Capitol. We had our legislative day this week, and we want to thank to everyone that was able to come out for that. We had a pretty good turnout of funeral directors. We had a very nice display. We showed some uh, very good videos that people came by and stopped by and watched. That was nice. And we made a lot of good contacts with people, got information out on the bills that we're interested in. As we, uh, as I let you know last time, our the, the bill that has the greatest chance of passing, our right of sepulcher bill, uh, has passed the House. It's over on the Senate side. The Senate version of that, which is pretty much identical, got a very favorable hearing. So that's the one that we think has the most traction and has the best chance of getting passed before the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. Now, on Monday, when we did the video, I told you that I had what I thought was good news that the Senate had passed the 6-2 uh, redistricting map. And since they finally passed that, hopefully things would start speeding up over at the Senate. Well, that was kind of an early April Fool's Day joke, I guess, because I definitely spoke too soon. Because yes, indeed, the Senate did pass the 6-2 map. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, depending on your point of view. But in any case, the 6-2 map, um, is still not sitting well with a number of senators who wanted what they call the 7-1 map. On top of that, it's even more complicated now because the 6-2 map that was passed by the Senate doesn't match exactly with the 6-2 map that was passed by the House. And there's people in the House that don't that like the 6-2 House map, that don't like the 6-2 Senate map. And there's people in the Senate that say they will not accept the House's 6-2 map if that's the only one that they pass. Uh, so first step was on uh, is they're still filibustering over at the Senate over the map that they've already passed. Uh, it was uh, when we were over there this Wednesday uh, for our legislative day, there was a filibuster going on in the Senate. They were filibustering the journal. The journal is kind of a combination of today's agenda and a little bit of yesterday's minutes that uh, they have to pass. They have to approve the journal before they can conduct any other business. And uh, by the time we left on Wednesday afternoon, they had still not approved the journal for Wednesday. So needless to say, they didn't get to any other business. An interesting uh, bit of trivia with that, though, unless the Senate approves the journal, they don't get paid for that day. So did they finally approve the journal? Well, I didn't look it up. Uh, wouldn't surprise me though, if at least near the end of the day, the journal got approved because on no matter which side of the argument you might be on, I'm certain that everybody did want to get paid that day. So I'm, I'm guessing they probably did eventually pass the journal, but uh, not while we were there. Uh, so we have that going on as well. So things are still going very slow uh, over on the Senate side. Uh, as of Wednesday, and I did not fact check this this morning, but we were told that the Senate had passed only one bill so far this entire year. Now, they did get the appropriations done, and that was very important. And I'll talk about that in a second again. But uh, other than that, they've passed one bill all year. So even our bill that has passed the House and has gotten a favorable hearing in the Senate, uh, 
we'll have to see how things go because it is going very slow. But we did, even if uh, the bills don't go very fast, we did have a, a very good success in meeting with people. We met with a number of senators and representatives, told them about some of the issues, talked a lot about death certificates uh, and all of that. So, uh, and that was good to let the uh, senators and reps know the problems that Vital Records has that we want to help them solve and the problems that funeral directors and the families that the funeral directors serve that they have. Again, good news is Vital Records does have the funding now to get a new computer system. Uh, the computer system, of course, the MoEver system that you interface with to create the death certificates stinks in many ways. It was a bad system from day one. Try hitting backspace someday and see what happens with that. And then even worse is the computer system that actually prints off the death certificates is a very old computer system that's uh, programmed in COBOL. Uh, I think uh, there's like one person in the entire state of Missouri that knows how to program that thing anymore. And they keep her in bubble wrap uh, hidden in a closet so she can't get away. But in any case, um, they do have the funds for a new computer system. And that will be a huge help eventually, but that's going to take a while. We also let the senators and representatives know that during COVID, Vital Records lost some of their full-time employees. As I mentioned last time, every department kind of has so many full-time employees they're allowed to have. And during COVID, Vital Records lost some of them. So instead of having, and I don't know how many they have over there right now, but instead of having 20 employees, they're only allowed to have 15 employees here in Jefferson City or whatever it was. They lost a bunch of them over to a different department. And we would like them at the very least to get those full-time employee slots back. And once again, there is plenty of money for that. Uh, there has been, Missouri got plenty of money for COVID for things and death certificates are certainly part of a good reason to spend all of that money. So we were able to get that message out as well. So that was our legislative day. Again, we will keep you posted on how things are moving or not moving over at the Capitol, as the case may be. Now, the one uh, substantive issue uh, other than politics that I want to talk to you about is, again, a lot of these talks are driven by the, the phone calls that I get here at the office. And we have got a number of phone calls this last couple of weeks about the final disposition of a fetus, um, a unborn, somebody that uh, a, a stillbirth, a fetus, uh, it was not born alive. Okay, that's the first distinction. It was not born alive. And then the parents want to do some sort of final disposition for that fetus. Well, first off, when you're presented with this problem with the family, it depending on the, the timing, it, you know, obviously the family is not going to be in a good mental state. That's pretty much a given if you're dealing with something like this. So they may not know the exact sequence of events. Uh, was the baby born and then died right away or was the baby dead and then born? So it never was alive, technically. Uh, so uh, you may have to check with the hospital. Uh, so the first thing you may need to find out is, was this a live birth and then a very quick death or was this not a live birth to begin with? Because if it was not a live birth, if it was a fetus, a fetal death, then of course you cannot do a death certificate. If you try to do a death certificate on somebody that doesn't have a birth certificate, oh my gosh, I'm 
hate to think what will happen at Vital Records. The whole building might, you know, melt down and sink into the ground. You do not want to do a death certificate on someone that uh, did not have a birth certificate. Of course, if the fetus was further further enough along, uh, 20 weeks or more, 350 grams or more, the hospital should do a fetal infant death report. All right. But before 20 weeks or before 350 grams, if neither of those two things have happened, the hospital does not do a fetal infant death report. So what is the law on dealing with a fetal death? Well, unfortunately, under Missouri, if you do enough research, you will find that there are about three or four laws all dealing with this, and they contradict each other. They do. There's one law that, that classifies fetal remains as hazardous medical waste, which means there's the whole hazardous medical waste laws have to be followed. There's a very old one that says the father has control. That's very old. There's other ones. Anyway, it's very confusing. None of this has been searched out in court. Now, no judge has ruled on, you know, all of this, but the most recent statute, and although you can't guarantee this, there's a good chance that a court would look at the most recent statute when deciding what conflicting law to follow. But the most recent statute says that the mother of the deceased fetus, of the fetal death, the fetal remains, the mother has the right to do a final disposition of that fetus as you would a live child, a live person that then died. So the mother has the right to do a final disposition of the fetus, just like the mother would have the right to do the final disposition of a child or a husband or a father, assuming that she was the next of kin there. There is no time weight, weak limit on that. So the mother, again, has the right to the fetal remains to have them disposed of, even if it was before 20 weeks, even if it was before 350 grams. So in that case, there would not be a fetal infant death report, but the mother still has the right to do the final disposition. That can create complications as well. If you're doing a cremation and the crematory that you want to use is demanding some sort of documents. So what do you do as the funeral director in this case? Well, first off, if they're going to do a cremation, have the mother do a cremation authorization, just like they would have done for a uh, person who was alive that then passed away and that they were doing the cremation. If there has been a fetal infant death report, see if you can get a copy of the fetal infant death report. If not, see if you can get something from a doctor that authorizes the cremation. None of this is required, mind you, under the statute. Nothing specifically says you need any of this under the statute because all the statutes dealing with cremation that require the authorization, that talk about the doctor, that talk about the death certificate, those are all dealing with persons who have been born, who are alive and then died. And here we're talking about a fetal death. So although the requirements do not necessarily apply to a fetus, it's a good idea to try to follow those when you can, because that gives you at least some documentation. The problem we have here is goes way back. And when these statutes and regulations were passed dealing with fetal deaths, the people who wrote those apparently did not bother to cross-reference and check what the other statute said. 
And literally, when you talk over at the Capitol, some people who've been around a long, long time, uh, what really probably, what literally seems to happen is way back when there were some hospitals that were being jerks to families. And instead of treating the families nicely, some hospitals were being real pains in the rear and uh, really upsetting some families. And so these families that were getting really abused by the hospitals, about the fetal infant deaths, uh, went to the legislature, told their story to the legislature about how, about how horrible the hospitals were being. And so the legislature understandably passed some statutes, but unfortunately not enough people cross-referenced about how that affect everything else and how that fit into the system. So we have a law that says the mother of the fetus can dispose of the remains like you would a body that had been alive of a person and then passed away. But then there's no real good guidelines about how you really should do that. So once again, the best practice would be whenever you can is follow it like it would be was a, a live birth that then passed away as much as you can. Uh, given the circumstances. Uh, one interesting uh, twist uh, that's going on out there is most hospitals will not release fetal remains to the family. They will only release the fetal remains to a funeral home. Is that legal? Can the hospital do that? I'm not so sure. Keep in mind that the next of kin can do a final disposition of a body without hiring a funeral director. You do not have to hire a funeral director to do a final disposition. Even on the death certificate, if you look close, it always has said this has been filed by the funeral director or the person acting as such. And a next of kin can do a final disposition of someone uh, without hiring a funeral director. They got to be careful if they're doing that because there's a, they have that makes them you know they then are responsible for following all the health safety transportation body tagging bill they have to do all those regulations notification rules all that and it's a good chance that they might violate some of those laws but at least in the first instance of course a person does not need to hire a funeral director to do a final dis disposition if they're the next of kin of someone. So since the law says a person who is the next of kin doesn't have to have a funeral director to do a final disposition, and another law says that the mother can do the disposition of fetal remains just like they would if it had been a live birth and then death, if you follow the, you know, put those all two and two and two together, it sure seems like that the mother would have the right to have the fetal remains released to her by the hospital without having to have a funeral director involved. But regardless of that, of course, again, that's something else that has never been to court. But even despite that logic, I do know that uh, many hospitals will only release the fetal remains to uh, a licensed funeral establishment, not to the family. So the bottom line on this is the mother is in charge of doing the final disposition. She has the right to do that. Most, most hospitals will only release those to the funeral establishment. So when you get those, if it's a burial, have the, have the mother fill out all the paperwork just like you normally would. If it's a cremation, do your best to match up 
what you normally do with a normal cremation with what is understandably not a live birth. So you might not have every piece of documentation that you normally have with a live birth, depending on the timing and, and how far along the fetus was. And of course, if you have any questions, because these might have to be addressed on a case-by-case -case basis, please feel free to call us here at the Missouri Funeral Directors Association, 573-635-1661. And we will let you know gift even send to you if you need to the applicable statutes and regulations that may apply to your case and uh, help you with your particular situation if need be for of course members of the association this is the last thing i'm going to tell you today we've had a wonderful year thank you so much for everyone who did get their uh, annual membership dues into the association we are well over 90% of all the people that we send out the, uh, the annual renewals to have got us back in. Uh, we've had new members join up. We just had another new one join up last week. So we certainly appreciate all that. We do know a lot of people watch these videos that are, may not be members of the association, but if you call up and try to, to get us to help you out of a situation, uh, we're gonna check. Oh, sorry, you're not a member. Uh, would you like the form though? <laughs> would you like to sign up? Uh, we'll give you, we'll give you our sales pitch for that as well. So we hope you all have a good April Fool's Day. Don't get fooled where you at like I got fooled by the Senate last week when I thought everything was going to go smoothly and it looks like it's not. So have a wonderful Friday, a wonderful weekend, and as always, stay safe.